Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panonto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? Going all right, Nick. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you for asking. I always do. <laughs> Matt, I assume you've seen at least one movie this week. At least and at most. Oh, okay. What did you see? I watched a movie that I think most people are aware of, and a lot of them have seen, called The Evil Dead. Oh, the one from the 80s? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen that. Uh, neither had I, although I had thought that I had. <laughs> so, I just to be clear for all the listeners, this is a movie called The Evil Dead, not Dead Alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you thought you had... We watched Dead Alive together, didn't we? I think we have. I think I've actually seen Dead Alive a few times, but I also oh, okay. felt that I had seen The Evil Dead, and boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I've never seen The Evil Dead. I tried watching it one time, but I wanted it to be Army of Darkness, which I've seen a thousand times, uh-huh. and I was like, this isn't as silly as Army of Darkness. I'm turning this off. Well, I've never seen Army of Darkness or Evil Dead 2. But I wanted this to be over as well. But, you know, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> I, uh, I had a feeling that this would not be your cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. How about you? What did you watch? I saw two movies this week. Excellent. Uh, I watched The Day the Earth Stood Still from mm-hmm. 2008 and Robin Hood from 2010 starring Russell Crowe. Oh, wow. Again, huh? You just needed to get it onto that rankings <laughs> need, list, huh? I did. I did. <laughs> you completionist. I had to watch it. Oh, my God. Uh, well, let me let me start with The Day the Earth Stood Still, because I, right. just, I just finished watching it, and, and wow. Boy, was there ever a movie that didn't want to get made? It was uh. this. Like I said, from 2008, directed by Scott Derrickson, and it stars Keanu Reeves, Jennifer Connelly, Jaden Smith, Kathy Bates, John Hamm, John Cleese, and Kyle Chandler are all in this movie. I don't even know this movie. It's a Keanu Reeves movie. It's like where he's the alien that made the Earth stand still. (laughs) It came and went. It came and went. So fast from theaters, uh-huh. like it's a, like it was a total bomb, and I could see why it was not good. It was not a good movie. It wanted to be an environmentalist movie. It wanted to it wanted to say something. I'm not entirely sure what it wanted to say, but it's not a good movie. This this was poorly done. The special effects are terrible from the way that they present the movie. It's supposed to be like a special effects blockbuster and it is not there's a lot of bad green screen i think every helicopter in this movie is fake and there are a lot of helicopters in this movie basically does this movie just read like a uh natural disaster movie that happens to be run by aliens instead of nature it kind of turns into that okay you're never gonna see this so no i'm not spoiler alert uh for the day the earth stood still if you were planning on seeing it i don't recommend it (laughs) you know it's bad when when nick doesn't even want me to go watch it (laughs) the movie starts in 1928 which is oddly specific and we're in the 
Indian mountain range. Like, I guess in the... Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean oddly specific? You want it to be some year-ish? Or like, this movie takes place somewhere in the 1920s? Like, you want it to be vague? I guess. I mean, it doesn't make any sense why it's specific at all. It opens up in 1928 on like Mount Kilimanjaro or Mount Everest. I'm sure those two mountains are on totally different continents, but that's where the movie starts. And there's a mountain climber in the, in the 20s, played by Keanu Reeves, who is like settling in for his tent. He's settling into a tent for his sleep that night. And he uh, sees a strange light and he's like, well, I'm going to go check that out. And so he does. And this light's there and he's like, well, this is pretty wild. I guess I'll just reach out and touch it. And so he does. Nothing happens. And he goes, well, I didn't bring my pickaxe up here for nothing. So he chops at it (laughs) with his Uh pickaxe and opens up a hole in it in its shell or something. Then there's a big white flash of light, which happens a lot in this movie. And then Keanu Reeves wakes up on the ground a few feet from where he was standing. And he's like, huh? What? What's wrong with my hand? And he looks at his hand and there's like this weird square scar on his hand. And he's like, well, that's different. Cut to present day. Which is why I feel like being oh. oddly specific with th- the past. I, I is... think I understand what you're saying now. Like, there, there's nothing that happened in 1928 that makes that a specific year. It should yeah. have happened. It's just like, it would have been fine if it just seemed old. Yeah. We cut to like some college. I think it's supposed to be Princeton in New Jersey. And Jennifer Connelly is teaching some class on astrobiology. And they're, you know, they're all throwing around highly scientific words and and phrases and you're like yes yes they're all very smart of course and she goes all right so have your papers to me by friday and the class ends and then her teaching assistant hits on her and she's like i don't think so but she's nice about it and then she goes home and a young jaden smith is there and i didn't realize it was jaden smith because i'm used to him in his adult form now Uh and he's pretty good in this movie he gets kind of terrible towards the end but jaden smith's pretty passable in this movie i can tell why he People thought he was going to be a star. He's, he's an average kid actor, besides just being Will Smith's son. So she's cooking dinner, and she gets a phone call, and she answers the phone. She's like, hello? And he goes, hi, is this Dr. Jennifer Connelly? And she says, yes. And she goes, Jennifer Connelly, who lives at this specific address? And she's like, who is yes. this? And the voice on the phone is like, it'll all be explained to you en route. And she's, you know, concerned. And then you start seeing police lights outside her house. And she's like, what's going on? And she's freaking out. And she opens the door and there's the FBI is there. And everybody has douchebag Bluetooth headsets because <laughs> it's 2008. And she's like, what do you want? He's like, you have to come with us. And she goes, am I under arrest? And he goes, no, but you have to come with us. And she goes, uh, okay, Jaden Smith, go stay with the neighbor lady. And, he, and Jaden Smith's like, all right. And he goes and she gets in the car and they're driving down the freeway. And she goes, where are we going? And the guy who kept telling her it will be explained to you en route goes, I don't know. And I don't know what this is about. <laughs> and she's like, stop the car. I want to get out of the car. And he goes, we're not going to do that. And, you know, they're speeding down the highway in this. It's like a police escort with a whole bunch of SUVs and stuff. And, like, the highway is totally shut down. And she goes, why is the highway shut down? And the guy, who I think is 
uh, Lieutenant Winters from Band of Brothers. I think it's that guy, but I'm not sure. And he's like, they shut it down for us. And they're like speeding into New York City. And they get to some military base. And she gets on an airplane. And on the airplane are a bunch of soldiers and a bunch of casually dressed people. And we find out that they're all like super scientists from around the world they're the leads in their fields and they're like well if if we're all here why are we here and one guy says i think it's a, a military exercise but this feels a lot more real and then we cut to john ham giving a presentation and he says about an hour or two ago we, we saw this asteroid flying towards the earth and um, we got about an hour before it destroys all of us and everyone's like, oh, no, that's terrible news. Let's all get in a helicopter and go to Ground Zero of where it's supposed to smash into New York City. What? Yeah. They're all flying above New York City in helicopters as this thing is supposed to smash into the planet. There's a literally a countdown of someone counting down from 10. And then they get to zero and they're like, what happened? Where is it? Did they get it wrong? And the guy on the radio is like, hold on, they say it's slowing down. And Jennifer Connelly looks out the window of the helicopter and she says, I see it. And it's it's this ball of light because the special effects are terrible. Uh -huh. This ball of light lands in Central Park. The helicopter lands in Central Park. She gets out and approaches it. And then the whole military shows up and New York police officers. It's still a post 9-11 world. Right. And in the police are alongside of the military because america and they're all just watching jennifer Connolly approach this spaceship or this ball of light and this being starts walking out of it and it approaches jennifer Connolly, and the military starts freaking out jennifer Connolly's reaching out with her hand to make contact with it and then someone shoots the alien in the chest <laughs> is, is the, the alien, alien keanu reeves at that point eventually turns into keanu reeves oh, okay and so the alien collapses and she's like we need a medic wait but, so as, but as she's walking towards it it's like a little green man kind of thing it's like a gray alien-ish silhouette okay kind of thing you don't really get a good look at it because the special effects are terrible <laughs> It's like while they were making the movie, they were they said, uh, you know, it, it's it's a grayish kind of blob. We'll we'll figure it out later. We'll make it look cool in post. And and then they, they forgot, forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so she starts screaming for a medic, and then this giant robot storms out of the the glowing sphere and starts sonically electrocuting people. I don't know how else to describe it, but it it emits, emits some sort of sound that turns off all the electricity in the general area and then attacks their ears because i guess they're all connected to walkie-talkies anyway the keanu reeves alien points to the robot and says oh my god it is so perfect that you saw evil dead okay because that's a weird thing for him to say no he doesn't that, say that that was this me movie really is specific <laughs> but um in the evil dead when he finds the necronomicon the, that book of the, the dead book? that happens in that yeah. movie right yeah does he have to say klatu veratus niktu or is that only in um, army of darkness i, I want to say that someone says that oh yeah they're playing a recording at some point so so those that phrase i think is in there there was some sort of babbledy gobbledygook well that phrase is taken from the original day the earth stood still oh. from the 50s and then Sam Raimi used it in his movies cuz I'm not entirely sure why maybe it's like the Wilhelm scream where it just shows up in a bunch of movies and you don't really realize it Wilhelm scream shows up in this movie which was ah. yeah this robot comes out 
Keanu Reeves points at it and says, Klaatu Verada's Niktu. And then the robot just kind of goes into standby mode. And then there's this scene from the television show ER where they're trying to save this alien's life, which is ridiculous because it's an alien. How could you possibly try to save an alien's life? And somehow they hooked up heart meters and they're like trying to give it saline for some reason. And they're like, we don't even know if saline will kill it. And she goes, well, he's got red blood. That means he's got hemoglobin. She's right. Give him the saline. (laughs) and they've got like the heartbeat meters connected to him Uh so they have they're getting a reading on his pulse and then the heart stops so they use the defibrillator but it like explodes and it electrocutes the technician guy but it brings the heartbeat of the alien back to normal and then they go we're gonna need a surgeon in here and so they bring this surgeon in who's just collecting samples of the alien and because its skin is melting off while he's performing surgery and he goes is this some kind of joke and they're like what he's like well the outside is clearly this gray blob of terrible cgi but the inside is totally human and they're like what um you remember the scene in the matrix when keanu reeves is born when he when he wakes up in the real world yeah and he's all bald and slimy and naked? Yeah. We see that again. Oh, okay. That exact same thing happens again. That's what and he, then tur- he turns into that? Yeah, he's like a born into an adult form. Okay. And so the next day, he's a fully formed Keanu Reeves, cool hair and all. And Kathy Bates shows up and she's the secretary of state. And she goes, why are you here? And he goes, I need to talk to your leaders. Now, I will say... This may be the best role Keanu Reeves was ever cast for, (laughs) because at no point does he need to show any emotion, react to anything in any kind of emotional way, say anything above a whisper, or do anything. At one point, he has to run, and it looks like Keanu Reeves running, and you're like, I know this. This is great. I'm liking where I'm at. But then the rest of the movie happens all around it. Oh, so that's like the whole that's like the whole first act of the movie. Uh-huh. The rest of the movie is a waste of time. I see. For the first 10 minutes of this movie, you're kind of like, "All right, I'm on board with this. Let's uh let's see where this is going." And then you realize, "Oh, this was supposed to be you get the feeling that this was supposed to be a much much longer movie with much deeper themes to it." Like it's supposed to be a lot more serious than it deserves to be. Yeah. And or or they were trying to like whoever wrote this movie originally was trying to say something about environmentalism and and stopping what we're doing to, pl- to the planet before it's too late. Because that's why Keanu Reeves is here. Kathy Bates asks him, why are you here? And he goes, I'm here to save the planet Earth. Later, Jennifer Connelly's like, you said you were here to save the Earth. And he goes, yes, the Earth, but not you. Not the humans, just the planet. Right. Yeah, he says, you're killing this planet, and life-sustaining planets are so few and far between. We need this planet. We don't need you. And Jennifer Connelly's like, oh, that sucks. Can't you just not do that? And Ken Arby's just like, I've already begun the process. It'd be a real pain to turn it off. <laughs> That's a that's a paraphrase, but she's just uh. kind of like, you could stop this if you wanted to. And he's like, yes. But you saw John Cleese's name in the credits, and we haven't seen him yet. So I imagine he's in the next scene. So John Cleese shows up, and he's this smart professor that Jennifer Connelly knows. And they have this bonding moment where they solve some mathematical riddle. And John Cleese is talking to him, and he says, Well, what about your species, Keanu Reeves? How were your species saved? He says, 
our species was, was saved as our son was dying. We had to evolve as a species or be eliminated. And John Cleese goes, so it was only as you were facing destruction that you came together. Well, this is our moment. Don't take our moment from us. And Keanu Reeves is like, good point, John Cleese. And then there's another terrible helicopter sequence. Uh, Bunch of stuff happens. <laughs> Wait, maybe I missed something here. I'm sorry if I, I did, but like, no, did, please. Does Keanu Reeves explain why he turned into a human being? That's explained in one line where someone says something along the lines of, I guess he came here in a past time and took a DNA sample from someone, which is why we had that opening sequence of 1920s Keanu Reeves touch the uh, ball of okay. light. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but that's why Keanu Reeves looks like Keanu Reeves is because past Keanu Reeves touched the ball. It's cool that he decided to wait till he came down to the ground and got spotted by human beings looking like a gray alien before he decided <laughs> to turn into a human. Well, he literally does the, like, he, when he was coming out of the spaceship, he was going to say, take me to your leaders, basically, because that's what he says to Kathy Bates. He's like, I need to speak to your leaders. And Kathy Bates is like, there's no way that's going to happen. And then Keanu Reeves is like, um, I have to leave. And basically, if he comes in contact with electricity, he can control everything. It's convoluted and stupid. Later, Jennifer Connelly gets arrested, and then Kathy Bates is like, you may be our only hope. And she lets him go, and then she's able to find Keanu Reeves again. And she goes, can't you see? Can't you see we're worth saving? And based on nothing, because all the military has tried to do is kill him. And all she's tried to do is convince him that people are worth saving. He's like, you know what? Maybe you are worth saving. And so he just does. At the same time, the giant killer robot has turned into Galactus from Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, where it's just this big gray cloud that eats everything. Uh And Keanu Reeves has to get to his giant ball of light in Central Park before the cloud eats everything on the planet Earth. And he does, but it turns off all the power in the world. Everything... Everything stops. It just keeps going, huh? Yeah, I mean, like stops. the movie. <laughs> like the oh, movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Going. Well, I yeah. mean, that's that's the end. Oh, that's the and end of it? Yeah, that's the end of it, yeah. It just turns off everything? He says to Jennifer Connelly, he's like, I can save you, but your life will be fundamentally changed. And she's like, okay. And so he goes, uh, okay, then. Goodbye. And he walks out to the, to the great ball of light. And meanwhile, the, he's walking through this giant cloud of gray bugs that are eating everything. I mean, tearing a skyscraper apart in seconds. And this, the bugs are having trouble with the suit he's wearing for some reason. Oh, that's right. He's also wearing the suit from Constantine and John Wick. And also from The Matrix when he's wearing a suit. He wears a suit the whole movie. Oh, okay. And because Keanu Reeves looks damn good in a suit. Yes. And but the bugs that were able to destroy this skyscraper are having trouble eating his suit because there's just a couple of holes in it and then they keep cutting back to him and there's a couple more holes. Anyway, he touches the ball of the ball of light, and there's a, a big flash of white light, and then all the power in the world turns off and everyone's like, Huh, well that's mildly inconvenient. Well I guess until we build a new power plant we'll be in the dark. And uh and then the movie ends. Well, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty unnecessary. There's really an unnecessary that. That movie. Good. No. It's, a, it's a weird, weird cast because those are some pretty good actors. Yeah. It. Yep. 
They sure are. Keanu Reeves is the best part of the movie, but he doesn't do... Oh, I dropped the thing. He doesn't do anything, and it's deliberate. And a movie's trying to make this big, important message about saving the planet to save ourselves, but mm. we're we're too blind with trying to destroy ourselves to recognize that we need to save the planet in order to save ourselves. It's this, this circular logic nonsense. It's like real, real hippie nonsense that doesn't apply in today's kind of environment, and it's so poorly executed well i mean if if anyone were to say hey you're destroying the planet and yourselves i mean they'd still be right but it doesn't mean you have to make a bad movie about it that's true think of all of the carbon the carbon cost of making this movie <laughs> and i never well that's not true i saw the original but i was young like very young i was like under 10 years old when i saw this movie and all i remembered about it is that the alien turns off all the power in the world and i feel like the original movie revolves around that like people have to get by without any electricity and then they stop the alien from destroying the world but that's because well, that's where the earth is standing still right yeah for like a day. <laughs> but don't quote me on that. I haven't seen it. Although after watching this movie, I am interested in seeing it because it has a much higher IMDb score than this 2008 version. Who directed but that's, this? This was directed by Scott Derrickson, who is known for... Oh, he directed Doctor Strange. Oh, he wrote Doctor Strange. Uh, let's see. What else did he direct? He directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose... This is the exorcism of Emily Rose got him the day the earth stands still. Oh, he did direct Doctor Strange. Yeah. Weird. Because this is a poorly made movie. And Doctor Strange is, is pretty good. Yeah, I was actually want, I was actually wanting to watch that. Oh, I guess he's directing the next one too. And he has also directed one episode of the Snowpiercer TV show, which I'll never watch. Yeah, I'm not going to hmm. get around to that either. Yeah. But, uh, man, the special effects are so poorly done. It's it's like a movie that they shot, and they realized it was garbage. And they're like, well, we already put enough money into it just getting all these actors. Let's just release something. That's all I got about that movie. It's it's really... While I was watching it, I was forgetting about it. Oh, well. But, but it was only an hour and 45 minutes, and I was happy about that. All right. Well, I watched Evil Dead. Okay. And... That was probably about an hour and a half that felt longer. <laughs> yeah, so like as I mentioned, I thought this was Dead Alive, or I thought Dead Alive was this. But anyway, the movie starts with a bunch of friends. Actually, there's, I think there are five people because there are two couples and then a fifth person, <laughs> a woman mm -hmm. who's there to like be an extra person so that someone else can die. And they're on a trip to a cabin that they get for uh, low expense. You know, one thing that happened early in this movie is that, uh, what's the guy's name? Bruce Campbell, uh -huh. or uh, his name is Ash in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he is the navigator in the car, and he's reading a map. And that is not the strangest thing. But I'll tell you what, as I was watching it, like there was part of my brain that just wasn't processing it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why don't they just use the GPS? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, this oh, movie, yeah, maps for, used to be a thing people would use to get around. For those who don't know, this movie's from like 1984 or 5, right? You know, I didn't check the year. I almost want to say 81, but I feel like I'm just making that up. So I'm not sure. But pretty much right away in this movie, I was like, man, people in this movie are not responding to things going on around them in any sort of believable way. Almost in the first scene, they're driving to this cabin and they drive through a wooden bridge. They're, they're driving mm -hmm. over a wooden bridge and like a wheel goes through part of it. The guy driving the car just laughs. 
And he's like, ha, 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 you know, and then, then drives further. And they almost get hit by a truck and like, they're just not, it's bad acting. It's bad acting. It's bad writing. But there's a whole bunch of ways that they, there are a whole bunch of ways that they don't respond to things in any way that anyone actually would. And I know that's a thing in horror movies, but it's just, it's, it's so blatant. It's really annoying. Like a woman goes outside alone in a robe right after thinking that the place was like having all this spooky stuff going on. A tree like smashes through a window and the two guys that are standing right near the window are like just arguing with each other. Like nobody's like, wow, holy cow, what do we do about this tree that just came in a window? They're just like, well, we'll put a curtain over it. <laughs> and so like there's all this weird demonic stuff starting to happen. And this woman's like, I, just, I think I just heard something outside. There's something out there. And this guy's like, eh, go to bed. <laughs> like, like it's nothing. And I'm like, wait a minute. You guys just had demon encounters and, and, and you're talking about how the house is super haunted and creepy. And you're just telling her to go to sleep like. It's nothing and not even bothering to look out the window. So, yeah, that's that's frustrating. I, I guess I should say I, I went into this movie the wrong way. Uh, well, first, I thought it was a different movie. But like, <laughs> even once even once I realized it wasn't, I said, well, it's a good thing I'm seeing this because, you know, people talk about these movies all the time, these Evil Dead movies. So I, I knew I hadn't seen the second one or the third one. And so I, I was just like, all right, well, I'll, I'll keep watching it because, you know, this is supposed to be good. And I let myself expect it to be entertaining. So it's frustrating that nobody's responding in any way that makes any sense. And then just the movie's very, like, forced and stuff. Like, it, things just keep randomly or, like, really conveniently happening this woman gets attacked in the woods and then she runs back to this tiny little cabin and she's slamming on the door and like nobody bothers to answer the door and like okay so we're just trying to make bad things happen there's one woman who's getting stabbed in the ankle with a pencil and she's just standing still screaming like not trying to move her foot or anything just being like ah and what did she say ah oh yeah. <laughs> and, and and so like each shot's kind of like that where there's and I don't even want to say each scene uh, but it's it's really almost like just parts of scenes like each thing that happens is it's just really immaturely done. And and you know I want to be easier on it too just cuz it's an older movie, but that's no excuse to be bad. I'm 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 pretty pissed. <laughs> this movie sucked. <laughs> And there's just this random string of tons of events. It's just like, it doesn't even quite feel forced. It's just that everything just happens. Like people just took a bunch of ideas that were brainstormed on a piece of paper of things that could happen in a horror movie. And they just threw them at a wall and they didn't even bother to see if anything stuck. They were just like, hey, everything on the wall, let's do all that. Mm -hmm. And it just goes from one to another. And Bruce Campbell keeps getting buried under bookcases and then holding on to him like he's trapped in a net. I'm like, dude, it's a bookcase. Don't just move. Don't hold on to it like you're like you're wrapped in like he with a bookcase looks like the guy in oh what's it uh plan nine from outer space that's like or from the ed wood movie that where the where the person's fighting with an octopus and they're like hey the motor's dead just hold on to the octopus and roll around it's like that and then at one point just he's gotten knocked down to the floor 
and then all these like demons around him are dying. And spoiler alert for Dead Lot or the Evil Dead, by the way. <laughs> and so all these demons are dying around him, and he just lays on the floor, just watching this stuff happen like over his shoulder, rather than getting up or trying to get away from these demons that are howling and and transforming and. For one some reason or another, one of them has oatmeal that comes out of its sleeve. So speaking of that, I guess one of the highlights is that there are a lot of practical effects, mm-hmm. but but even those get dumb because of like the oatmeal coming out of the sleeve. It's not really, they're not great. It's just kind of nice to see that there are practical effects, you know, just because I kind of miss those. But yeah, this it, this movie just ends up being really annoying and there's there's really not much more to i guess as far as the plot goes like why there are demons and stuff is they get to this place and even though weird stuff's already happening like their car getting possessed or whatever they play a audio tape that they find there or like a ribbon tape and and they play the sound of it and it's some guy talking and he starts saying all that as sim salabim bambal zaladu zaladim whatever whatever you were saying earlier from from the other thing so he says that's like the recording says that stuff and because it's talking i guess the demons start waking up and you get a lot of these shots from like the kind of like a pov shot where it's moving through the the forest and you don't really ever see anything there's you just see the people start turning into demons or zombies i guess demons that's kind of what happens it, it, they play the tape this thing comes towards them oh yeah and there's a woman who gets raped by a tree so there's that that's mm-hmm. the woman who goes out into the woods in her robe so have been dressed like that well you know <laughs> i'm not gonna justify anything but i i will agree that she actually should have been dressed should not have been dressed like that if she was gonna go outside she probably should have put on some clothes because nobody would go outside like that, especially not when they're scared that there's something outside. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, I definitely would not have been going along with this movie if it weren't old. I just I, I would have given up right at the beginning, but yeah, just kept giving it more time. And I don't know, it's just so such random ideas thrown together. It just seemed like a really lazy movie. And maybe if someone told me to watch this and they said, Hey, nobody's ever seen this movie. It's super under the radar. It's just this weird movie that nobody knows about. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I mean, I could, I could probably watch it with you if we were just hanging out and having a couple beers or something, but I fuck this movie. (laughs) Yeah. I've never, I've never seen it, but from what I understand, about it what you're saying about them just throwing all these ideas at the wall yeah is pretty accurate like they just wanted to make a cheap horror movie and i looked it up it's 1981 when it came out and it's it's post halloween i don't know if it's post halloween too but it's before nightmare on elm street and before friday the 13th Uh so it like lives in that nether world so like they were just trying to make a a shitty horror movie and well, but it, they like, did make a shitty horror they did. movie. And then I guess it did pretty well. And then Stephen King saw it. And Stephen King was like, this is my favorite horror movie of all time. And it got like a cult following because of that. He's weird. Well, and then sure. I guess Sam Raimi was directing some other stuff that didn't do very well. 
And then he was talking with Stephen King, and Stephen King was like, you should make another Evil Dead movie. And he was like, uh, okay. And then this is, I guess, 1985 when they're working on it, at post Nightmare on Elm Street and post Jason Voorhees. And basically the second movie is just a parody almost of horror movies. The second movie is basically a comedy. Have you seen the second one? I've seen parts of it. I've seen more of the second one than I have of the first one. I haven't seen the whole thing, but it's it. Uh, from what I understand, it is more of a comedy than it is a horror movie. Whereas the first one's a straight up horror movie, and then the second one is like a lot of jokes and a lot of fourth wall breaking and a lot of stuff. And then the third one is Army of Darkness, where the Ash character gets transported back in time to help King Arthur fight demons. And he's and got that a, is, a chainsaw for a hand, right? Yeah, but that happens in the second one. Okay. Like, he gets the chainsaw hand in the second one. But I've seen Army of Darkness probably 50 to 100 times. I think that movie's great. It does not hold up to today. Like, I would not recommend it to you. I think you would it. hate it. <laughs> I, think, I was just thinking, well, I'm going to watch the second and third one then. You might like it. Like, I, I, I bet if you watched it in the right context, like, the person who got me to watch it was Daryl. Daryl uh-huh. got me to watch it. And I was like right in that wheelhouse. And I was like, thank you, Daryl. Thank you for providing me with this. <laughs> and it's just like, like Daryl's the same guy who got me into Kevin Smith stuff when I liked oh, Kevin damn Smith. Damn it, Daryl. <laughs> I like Kevin Smith's stuff through 2004. I hate Kevin Smith's stuff, period. <laughs> but like, I never watched the second one. Although I do work with an actor in the second Evil Dead movie. Really? He's He's one of the... He he works at the same place that I work at. Cool. Yeah. He was also in Die Hard too. Really? So now internet sleuths, <laughs> you can figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, like I've never really wanted to watch the first one because I know it's not supposed to be very good, but I never wanted to watch the second one without seeing the first one. You know what I mean? Where I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. I have to slog through this one thing to get to this other thing that's supposed to be quite good. So you've already done the hard work, I guess. But well, I, I would imagine if you, when you watch the second one, if you hate that too, do not try to watch Army of Darkness. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll try watching the second one. I, something tells me you don't need to have seen the first one. Now, the second one is, I I think, like a remake of the first one, but with comedy. But oh, it does really? take place, I think, immediately after the first movie. The Bruce Campbell character, Ash, and I just found yeah. this out. Ash is short for Ashley, which apparently used to be a man's name. Well, they do say Ashley a, a handful of times in the movie. Do they? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that used to be a man's name. So I was like, oh, interesting. Or more commonly a man's name than it is today. Yeah. But Well, I mean, yes. we were both born in 1981. I don't think I've ever met a male Ashley. Yeah. It's like uh, Leslie was a man's name, too. Oh, there's Leslie Nielsen. That's true. That's that is true. very true. All right. <laughs> what was your other movie? Oh, right. I forgot that I saw another movie. Robin Hood. Oh, God. Right. 2010. This movie is directed by Russell Crowe. Stars. No, it was directed by Ridley Scott. Directed <laughs> by Ridley Scott and stars Russell Crowe. And Kate Blanchett plays Lady Marion, not Maid Marion. Max von Sydow is in this. William Hurt is in it doing an accent sometimes. Oscar Isaac is in it and he's Prince John and you get to see his butt. So that's that's there and then there's uh kevin durand is in it a couple of other people this movie was terrible it was terrible sounds right and i didn't like it now the worst part is 
the first 40 minutes, I was on board. Wait, haven't like, you seen this before? I have seen it before. And now, apparently what I watched the other day was the director's cut of this movie. And I was taken aback at that. I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a director's cut. Also, why would they do that? Because this movie's terrible. And I'm watching it and I'm like, 40 minutes in, I'm like, oh man, is did the director's cut make this movie make much more sense because all i can remember about this movie is that i hated it i couldn't remember anything about it other than it's robin hood begins and that is still true and what i used to believe i still believe i hate it and all the movie is is robin hood begins and the first 45 minutes of this movie all happens before robin hood even gets to nottingham and sherwood forest he's fighting in king richard's wars in the crusades in france and if there was ever a movie that needed whenever they went to a new location they had the text come up on the screen that said london or other english town or french place i don't know names i would have loved for there to be like a map on the screen to uh-huh. show me where we are because i know great britain isn't the largest country but it's not small and france is quite large and there's like a throwaway line where someone says to King Richard while they're getting ready to fight this war against the French, he's like, we just have to get through this one last French castle and then it's back to England where I can be king again. And you're like, well, I guess they must be near the coast. I don't know where we are. Where the hell are they? You spend half of the movie just wondering where the hell you are. How far away are these things? People are essentially traveling great distances in moments. It's basically the seventh and eighth season of Game of Thrones as far as we need to travel from north to south. The first season, it takes the whole season to get somewhere. Right. And the, in the eighth season, you're there in the next scene. So, yeah, there's like a fast travel. Yeah, exactly. But Russell Crowe in this movie is basically playing the same character he plays in Gladiator. He's this grizzled war veteran who just wants to go home, and he doesn't say anything above a whisper. Everything he says is mumbled and and gravelly, where he's like, My name's Robin, and my lady, can you help me take off this chain mail? And you're like, there's no way she can hear you. She's in the same room as you, and there's no way she can hear any goddamn thing you're saying. The basic plot, King Richard dies in battle, Robin Hood finds out and he's like, well, if you thought it was hard getting paid by a king who was alive, try getting paid by a dead king. So he and his band of merry men desert the army and flee for England. And for some reason, they come across this rider who's carrying the crown back to England from the body of the king. And it's carried by the king's like right hand man, whose name is Robert. Loxley. Oh, and Mark Strong is the bad guy in this movie. He plays Godfrey, and he's a double agent. He's the Prince John Oscar Isaac. He's Oscar Isaac's best friend, but he's also betraying England to help France invade the country. And for some reason, Mark Mark Strong was the bad guy from Shazam. Uh huh. Yeah. So like he shows up, and I just started laughing because I was like, "Wow, <laughs> this guy again." And, like, I don't have anything against Mark Strong. He's doing the best he can with with what they're giving him. But I was like, two bad movies in a row, Mark Strong. I mean, they're 20 or 10 years apart, but not for me today. And so, (laughs) and so, so Mark Strong attacks 
this group of riders with the king's crown and he's like where's the king and the the robert loxley guy is the king's dead and he goes well now you are too and stabs him with a spear and then robin hood and his merry men show up and they basically chase this guy off robin hood shoots an arrow at him at mark strong and it grazes his chin leaving a grisly scar and then robin hood goes over to the robert loxley guy and he's like what's going on and he goes in that saddle is the crown for the king of england i need you to i need you to bring it back to england and uh also i need you to give my sword back to my father because i took it without permission and robin hood's like i don't really want to do that and the guy's like no you, you have to come on i'm dying just promise me you will and robin hood's like fine i'll do it also this is a robin hood played with no fun uh-huh. absolute absolute zero levity absolute zero joy he's not like cocky and charming he's not cocky he's he is pretty cocksure but he's not charming he's not fun he's just boring and morose he's not like mischievous or anything no he's not he's not clever he doesn't do anything he's very straightforward he's not and kevin costner oh my god i would love to see kevin costner in this movie kevin costner's (laughs) robin hood in this movie he'd be all out of place (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and so like Robin Hood and his merry men, I'm going to keep calling them that because it's fun. And they take this crown back to England and he delivers it to Prince John, who is pronounced king. And Prince John is, oh, and for whatever reason, Russell Crowe has to assume this Loxley guy's identity because otherwise they'll think they're the ones who killed the king. So when he gets off the boat in London to present the crown to the new king, who is Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac is like, you deserve a reward for bringing me the crown. And he goes to give him this ring and he goes, Loxley, was it? Don't you owe us some back taxes? And Robin Hood's like, I, I don't, yeah, sure. And and Prince John's like, well, this will make a good start. And he And he puts the ring back on his fingers and you're like, oh, yeah. Oscar Isaac is a bad, bad guy. And so then the movie continues and Robin Hood goes to Nottingham to give Max von Sydow back his sword. And Max von Sydow's like, hey, you want to pretend to be my son for no reason, really? And Robin Hood's like, I got nothing else going on. Sure. Okay. Here's Kate Blanchett. She's my son's wife. Um, now you have to pretend to be married to her. Also, fall in love along the way, would you? And then they do. And, and it's completely convenient that they do robin hood saves maid marion from i'm sorry lady marion because she's she's married she's not a maid and he saves her from getting stuck in the mud while rescuing a a sheep or a ram or something like that some sort of goat creature got Uh horns i want to say a ram because they're curly but i'm not i'm not totally (laughs) caught up with my farm animals the sheriff of nottingham comes by and he's like been hitting on maid marion and she's like my husband's here and he the sheriff's like oh sorry about that and he just goes on his way because the sheriff of nottingham has like five lines in this movie it's so dumb the movie ends eventually it ends there's this huge battle sequence where robin hood convinces prince john in order to stop the french invasion to basically sign the magna carta and prince john's like yeah sure i'll sign it let's all go fight the invading french now and they all join forces to fight the french and then there's this sequence where robin hood is up on the cliff tops as the french are invading some beach in england and william hurt is leading the 
the Calvary on the beach. And Ramahood is up on this cliff that's got to be 200 feet in the air. And they're firing arrows at the French who are being hit with arrows and drowning in the sea. And William Hurt is collecting his men for a charge and trying to keep the king from killing himself. And they begin the charge and all of a sudden Robin Hood's there on the beach. (laughs) He's just on the beach and he's charging and fighting people with swords. It would have taken him 45 minutes to get down this hill minimum there's no way he gets down this hill and is in in the fight as fast as he is and while he's in the fight lady marion shows up in full battle armor on a horse with the lost like i I keep calling them the lost boys because they're these children that live in sherwood forest And, and i got robin hood and peter pan confused for a while and i was like why does this movie have lost boys wait that's not this it's not this, right? And these boys just live out in the woods and Ru- Maid Marian brings them to this giant battle where the she's clad in full body armor for some reason. And the boys are just there in their tattered rags with their stick weapons. So the great battle commences and Robin and Marian are like, I love you. I love you too, I guess. And she starts fighting with Mark Strong in, in the ocean and he just decides to drown her. And Robin Hood's like, no. And he runs over and and saves her and then he has this he has this fight with mark strong and at first they're in ankle deep water and then there's like a cut and the water is up to their chests (laughs) it's 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 such a poorly edited movie it's so poorly done so poorly executed and at some point these two french landing boats are like about to collide with each other with robin hood in between them so he escapes by diving underwater and mark strong is like haha i've won the day i guess i'll leave now and he gets on his horse and like runs away and he's like galloping away and robin hood comes up out of the water covered in blood for some reason and he runs over to maid marion and all of a sudden he has a bow and arrow and he draws he draws the arrow and lets it fly in what I admit, very cool sequence of Russell Crowe shooting a bow and arrow. It looks, it looks awesome. I wish there was more of that in this movie. And the arrow flies high and true and it goes right through Mark Strong's neck. And then he just starts laughing <laughs> and then he rides out of frame. He starts laughing when he has an arrow sticking out of his neck. Yeah. Is it, wait, is that the scene that was in the preview where yeah. like you're you're following an arrow flying through the air for like 20 seconds and then it hits yes. some guy? Yeah, yeah. So they showed the defeat of the main bad guy in the preview. Yep. And then the guy laughs as he's yeah. dying from an arrow. As he's, he's dying because of how oh all of his scheming has come to naught. God, I, I hate your movie almost as much as I hate the one I watch. <laughs> And so Robin Hood bends over and picks Maid Marian up out of the water and takes her helmet off. And she's and he's like, oh, don't be dead. And he like kisses her back to life. Uh. And then they're making out on the beach. And then he picks her up and walks away. And then the Prince John or King John, whatever you want to call him, has been fighting this battle. And he's been fighting pretty hard. Like he's not he's not faking it. And the battle ends and William Hurt comes up to him and he's like, they've surrendered, sir. They've surrendered. And he goes, excellent, excellent. And he's totally into it. And he goes, who have they surrendered to? And William Hurt goes to him. And everyone's shouting Robin Hood's name, like Longstride, 
because that's his name. Prince John does not care for that. So the next scene is at some large gathering, I guess, of English lords where the king is supposed to sign the Magna Carta. And he comes out and he goes, I'm not going to sign this. And uh, Robin Longstride or Robin of the Hood, whatever you want to call him, he's a outlaw now and he'll be brought to me dead or alive and then it cuts to the sheriff of nottingham saying basically the same thing and he goes to tack this notice on a tree and he goes i need a nail someone give me a, na- a nail See, i thought this was i thought the end of the movie was him shooting mark strong oh no 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 there's more there's there's the epilogue there's the escalation scene with jim gordon on the roof of gotham headquarters oh And so the sheriff of Nottingham goes, I need a nail. Give me a nail. And then someone from the forest fires an arrow in between his fingers to attach the sign to the tree. And everyone starts laughing. (laughs) Oh, that Robin Hood. What a rascally rabbit. End of movie. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it's over. I hated this. Yeah, you should. (laughs) Now... What makes me hate it even more mm-hmm. is is the same effect that I had with when I watched The Descent the other week, where I watched the first half of this and was like, wow, I really like this. This is, this is quite good. I'm totally into this. And then I had to not watch it for like four or five days until I could finish it. And then I got to watch the terrible second half. And that was really disappointing because the first 40 minutes of this movie, not not super great, but not terrible by any means. And it's so evident that Ridley Scott just wanted to make Gladiator Braveheart and and couldn't. I read up on the movie like afterwards to try and figure out why this was such a disaster. And apparently the original screenplay for this movie that Russell Crowe signed on for and Ridley, Ridley Scott signed on to direct was the story of Robin Hood, but told from the perspective of the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. And it sounded like it was actually interesting. Yeah, and he would be played by Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe was basically trying to solve the Robin Hood mystery. Like, who is this guy who's doing this? So he's like, he's still the villain, but he's the protagonist. Uh-huh. And they're not even sure if this Robin Hood guy exists. Uh, and I was like, wow, that, that sounds like a way better movie. And then they rewrote it and then they rewrote it again because like the producers wanted something else and then they rewrote it again and then they rewrote it again and then it got to like whatever form it was in at this point and it had already cost like 10 to 15 million dollars in writing alone and they had already had to pay russell crowe and ridley scott because they agreed to do it so they just made this movie that they had at this point it's like a movie that was made almost out of spite uh-huh. and boy does it seem like it, it it's not good and it's yeah. it's a shame because that original idea is pretty interesting yeah no it's a good idea but this is what we got <laughs> and apparently the studio was like really like hyped about it they were like this is going to be like another huge franchise for us because that's how they that's why the whole end of the movie is that extended sequence where we're robin of the hood or whatever you want to call him they thought this was going to be like their the next movie would be their dark knight oh god and uh nope no way oh i look forward to seeing where it fits in comparison to the other robin hood movies when we yeah i've been thinking our- about that yeah Movie uh, hire. Be interesting. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Matt, because that brings us to our movie ranking list. Listener, if you're unaware, 
For the past year, Matt and I have been ranking the movies we have seen individually on our own separate lists and tracking them throughout the year. I feel like I just said the same thing twice. I feel and like I feel like we overexplain this <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> we rank the movies we see. Yeah. The movie's either better or worse than something else on the list. Like a ranking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, where are you going to put The Evil Dead? I'm putting The Evil Dead pretty close to the bottom between Ooh. The Boy and Godzilla King of the Monsters. So that is under The Boy and above Godzilla King of the Monsters. In the new number 71 spot. It's higher than I thought it would be. Well, I'll tell you what. If it were longer, it would be lower. <laughs> but it was it was an hour and a half. How many stars would you give this movie? One and a half. And I'm guessing that's a no. Uh, Yeah, I can't recommend that. <laughs> All right, so then that brings me to my list, and the first movie I'm going to rank is The Day, not The Day After Tomorrow, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Eh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. <laughs> <laughs> one has decidedly more Russell, Russell Quaid, Randy Quaid? Yeah, Randy Crow. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I want Randy Quaid in a Robin as Robin Hood in a Robin <laughs> Hood movie. I'm gonna put this movie below Mortal Engines, but above Broken Arrow in the new number eighty two spot. And where is that in relation to the other Robin Hood movie? Oh, this is the day the Earth stood. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am going to give this movie one and a half stars just because i like keanu reeves it's ridiculous no i do not recommend this <laughs> and the other one i saw is robin hood 2010 now <sighs> I, I can't believe i'm gonna say this oh god but i think it's better than predator <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I spent so much of this week thinking it was it was this good movie that I had totally misjudged. And I was like, man, this is going up in the top 50 of my, at least top 50 of my movies. And then since then it has fallen, fallen, fallen. And now it's, it's right in the mix of the three Robin Hood movies. And I think that's where it's going to go. I'm going to put it below Prince of Thieves. If I, ha well, oh my God. So if I had to watch another one again... You watch the uh, 2018 one? No, I don't ever want to see that again. <laughs> okay. You, you that was the Disney one? Oh, that would... I love the Disney one. Oh, that's not one. on Disney your list, is terrific. It? It's not. I should watch that next. Would I rather watch Prince of Thieves or... I'd rather watch Robin Hood 2010 than Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. So it's, Really? Wow. Yeah. Because I just hate Kevin Costner. <laughs> Well, and that movie does feel long as hell. Although Prince of Thieves does have Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, yeah. And he's hamming it up in that movie. He's terrific. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go, Rob. I'd rather watch Robin Hood 2010. And I'm going to give this movie one star. One and a half? No, one star. And I do not recommend it. Although you should check it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just. I, I will. I just want to. I just want to be there for when the movie makes the turn. Because the movie is good until he meets Kate Blanchett. The minute he meets Kate Blanchett, the movie turns into garbage. You're like, what the hell just happened? But yeah, so if you want to see our movie ranking list, you can go to thisweekinfilm.com. You'll find a link to our letterbox page, which is doing a terrific job of keeping our list neat and tidy. And you can find out any other information you want about the show. Hey, Matt, remember how the last 
10 weeks or so, I've been complaining about uh, the website not being able to update for whatever reason. Yeah. That continues, but remember how I said that the Midwest map page was updating? Yeah. It has not. (laughs) It has not been updating. But the public have grown to crave it, and they want to know, what does Midwest map recommend this week you know there's a video i saw on youtube that i think is worth checking out and that is it's called three brilliant moments of horror and they're actually all from the movie it follows but it's a pretty cool video it gets into the camera work that they use in the movie to kind of amp up tension and fear and it's it's really interesting i think you'd like it a lot as a a director photography guy and as someone who hasn't given much thought to how you would shoot scenes to kind of cause certain kind of atmospheric stuff to happen uh i thought it was really really interesting so again that's three brilliant moments of horror check you know the youtube channel you know i don't know that should pop up if you search that phrase yeah if you put that phrase in there you'll see it and there's more than one somehow that have the same exact name then just look for the one that has it follows i never saw that you should see I, that that's i've heard that's a great things. movie yeah i don't know it got lost in like all the newer horror movie garbage that comes out i was just like yeah whatever but like it's a movie that people keep bringing up and then you just said i should see it so. yeah well uh you know enjoy your next dc cartoon oh man what could that be what fresh hell will Sam Liu unleash on me? Jackie, I don't know if you remember from our episode on the... Oh, yeah, she liked that Barbie, uh, Barbie movie. Yeah, Barbie as the princess, princess and, and the, the pauper. pauper. She said she listened to our episode. She said we were hilarious, of course. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, she said, go to hell, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'll come on the show to defend my opinion on that movie. Beautiful. And uh, I do have a correction to make. I think I said that Jackie said that she's seen that movie every week since it came out. Oh, dear God, I don't remember you saying that. Oh, I think I said something like that. And apparently what she meant, or what I meant, is that she has listened to songs from that movie every week since it came out. And apparently when that movie came out in 2004, she was eight. Okay, well, that's fair. (laughs) If you had said that she watches it every week... (laughs) I would have been like, hold on, give me Jackie's number. I got a call. <laughs> so, oh, if you want to tell us what you've seen this week in movies, send us an email at thisweekinfilmpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll we'll read that. Nick's also yep. got us up on Instagram. That's true. You can see the picture that I make for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you can send us messages there too. Someone yeah, from. The- uh, and the Facebook. Uh, what, what was the movie? Uh, oh, the Happy, Happy Death, Death Day, Day guy. guy. He sent us yeah. a message, right? He sent us a message. He's like, I I created Happy Death Day and I approve this message. Yeah, I follow him like, on Instagram now. Oh, cool. Well, I guess if that is the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. And remember, <laughs> judge movies, not people. I don't think I insulted anyone this week. Well, They can still judge movies and not people. (laughs) (laughs) Love your fellow man, people. And save the earth. Keanu Reeves demands it. And I'm going to stop recording. (laughs) 